to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Hey, welcome back to the Dave's I Know uh, podcast, a sub-episode for this week. We had a, if you haven't already listened to, a really great episode with Alexi Lawless. Um, we got a lot of really good feedback from that. We really appreciate him coming on. But because we had, you know, an hour and a half with him, we didn't really get a chance to talk about uh, a lot of the other United news that was happening uh, around the league. And so this is that podcast. This is basically a makeup podcast for all that. Um, again, if you're not a member of the Patreon, why the fuck not? Patreon.com slash the Daves I know uh, to help support the Daves that you know. Uh, let's jump right in. We want to try and keep this one really short because we are about to record our EPL preview podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is that the EPL preview podcast is probably also in your feed. You're going to want to listen to that before the season kicks off uh, with Brentford and Arsenal uh, uh, today, Friday uh, at uh, 2 p.m. Um, also, the Bundesliga kicks off as well. Uh, Bundesliga 2 or 5 uh, has been playing for the several weeks and uh, I'll probably be at the Blackheart when you're listening to this podcast watching the uh, St. Pauli match uh, on delay at 3 p.m. So if you want to get down to the Blackheart by 3 p.m., come join me. Uh, all right, let's talk United News very quickly. Uh, Reynoso, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso named to the MLS All-Star Game, which is taking place on August 25th in L.A. at the LAFC. Uh, I forget the name of their bank of uh america bank or bank of california yeah whatever they're their new stadium uh they're hosting the all-star game uh i presume it's just called the bank bank yeah i i I presume that we'll we'll get an announcement for the next all-star game that during that lead up to that and that probably hopefully uh, allianz field for uh 2022 but right now, Reynoso is the only MLS All-Star from Minnesota. That obviously could change if people, if players pull out. They'll be playing the League MX team. Uh, obviously, Reynoso is well-deserved. I don't think there's really any snubs on the Minnesota team, unless you guys have any other thoughts on that. They're not just playing a Liga MX team. They're playing the Liga MX All-Stars. All-Star team. So yes. um, I actually like this format better than playing some random European team that isn't sending their best players anyway. into preseason. Yeah. At least yeah. League of Mackey's player like teams are, you know, playing and stuff right now too. So I think this is a better measurement of MLS's skill and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think the only player that maybe would have uh, any uh, concern, you know, or issue with not being selected is Robin Lude. Uh, but compared to all the, all the forwards that MLS has in terms of like, you know, good attackers. Uh, I don't think he has too many uh, complaints. My guess is if he is, he's probably one of the top two or three people who would get invited to play in the game. If there's anybody who pulls out with an injury or, or for some other reason. So uh, the other thing that happened, uh, a couple loons players are gone officially. Uh, first one, Ike Opara uh, is officially bought out of his contract. It, this is a weird one. Um, Minnesota could have bought him out at the beginning of the year and save the cap room. Um, 
why they bought him out before the uh, we you know everybody kind of speculated that maybe there was some somebody coming in that they needed the roster spot, but no, they just they just bought him out to to have Opara be done with the squad. Um, I guess this is something that Ike Opara asked for, and um, I'm glad that the the team mm-hmm. was able to accommodate him. It didn't help the team at all. So there's no reason for doing it at this point because they're paying him all the money anyways. But yeah, it's it's sad to see him. It's sad to see him gone officially. This is the most upset I've been about losing a player since Miguel Ibarra went to Mexico um, in our NASL days. Um, I, I think if I can find one, I'm going to buy Opara's jersey, just like I bought Miguel Ibarra's jersey, before, like the same game that I, like the first game that we had where it had been announced that he was leaving. I bought his jersey. I think I'll find one for Opara because in Miguel's case, lo and behold, he came back after that for a while. So maybe Ike will too. And um, I just really appreciated all he did for our team. And But if it's something he wants, then I want it too. It's kind of crazy how much of an impact he had on this team. He only played one season and two games with us. Like he only, he only played, played for us two games. Yeah, the one one season and two games. He played the the oh. twenty yeah the twenty nineteen or twenty twenty season or twenty nineteen season and then two games in twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He only he like played for a little over a year with us, but like everybody in Minnesota absolutely loves Ike Opara. So um, that sucks. Defender um, of the year. Like he was unbeatable. Yeah. He helps absolutely transform the, this team and, and their defensive responsibilities and their defensive aptitude for sure. So, uh, and, and yeah. kudos to the Minnesota coaching staff and Mark Watson at all that said, you know what, we should focus on defense and central midfield and have a solid foundation. Um, because that that desperately needed to happen. I'm not sure if kudos is uh, should be given there because they were so fucking terrible. Um, Because you mean they were just doing their job. A blind, a blind monkey throwing shit at a, at a wall would hit defense (laughs) at least once in a while. So. uh, Can't you just accept the narrative that they were so horrible and they finally figured out why they were so horrible and, and, and they decided to do something about it. I mean, every fucking supporter realized how fucking horrible they were and why they were so horrible back in 2017. The fact that it took them two years to figure that shit out is not like it'll be faster not, now because they got a woman. Yeah, that's not noble award worthy, buddy. That's that's fucking like uh, you know, that's barely Darwin award worthy. Uh <laughs> that you figured out you're fucking terrible because you have no fucking central defenders, but Neither here nor there. You guys don't um, know what the Darwin Awards are. It's not talking about Quintero. So go yeah, look, it up. look it up. Um, all right. And then in, in, in I guess, slightly less disappointing news, uh, Ramon Abila, uh, Juan Chopa himself, is gone. Uh, he was waived, uh, technically waived by Minnesota United. He goes to D.C. United. They picked him up on waivers. Um, MJ, I'm just going to preempt you. We do not need to, you to explain waiver priority. No, no. Uh, this is Professor MJ time. I no. Oh, no, I can explain no. No. waiver. No. No one wants to hear this because no one understands it. Um, even uh, people who follow uh, MOS and, and report He's about this. Yeah. 
anyways, so he goes to DC United. Um, Minnesota's picking up some. It sounds like DC United's picking up two thousand two hundred thousand dollars of his contract. He has a one point one million dollar contract. We're not sure how much has been paid already. How much uh, uh, Boca Juniors is paying? Who the fuck knows? It's MLS. It's very tra- it's very transparent, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's uh, so Juan Chope is gone to DC United to go check out. I guess the, all the um, you know landmarks and Smithsonian museums in, uh, in DC. So good for him. I will miss the shots of him coming to the field on game day with a big cup of mate and, you know, just strutting his stuff with the mate, um, usually with the other Argentinian crew that also may or may not have mate in their hands. Um, Which and you're I, having a party, right? Like, a, isn't there another pod person that might introduce me to mate? Uh, Rodrigo from the Minnesota football show will definitely- Shout out. And Eric Silva Brenneman. Yeah, we can we can do we can figure that out. Um, I'm I am not going to miss uh, him coming to the ga- the stadium being big. As in mean? as in he's not in shape, which is why we don't have him anymore. Neither am I. Well, I don't think any of us are in actually good shape, but like I come to the stadium all the time. <laughs> listen, listen, uh, go big or go home. Yeah, and he, he's not doing he's. So, He's, so he's going go- big, but he's not going home. Yeah, he's, he's going, going to DC. Going to DC. So good for him. Uh, all right. Uh, Minnesota United also officially brought in uh, Joseph Rosales, a 20-year-old Honduran international uh, who is theoretically a left-footed defender. Um, he has played the most recent couple seasons for Independiente. Uh, he played for the – who played in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, the last couple of years, so he's gotten some CONCACAF uh, fever uh, experience. Played for the Honduran U23 uh, qualifying team for the World Cup in this this last uh, this last year, and uh, the U19 World Cup team a couple of years ago. Um, according to the Minnesota United Twitter, he had just had his knee cleaned out, um, which is not oh, a great sign. That sounds terrible. Gross. No, he's- so he's not quite ready yet. Apparently, uh, he said he needs to do about two weeks of... Uh, of two to know, three? Two to three weeks? No, two weeks. <laughs> Just two weeks. Not that two to three. Uh, to get up to fitness, and then he'll, then he'll bring him into the team. Um, my question to you guys both. So this is theoretically a, a potential backup for Chase Gasper or a potential player who can push Chase Gasper. It's only a loan, um, and he has to... It's a loan... Where the kid just had a knee, had a knee, uh, and I won't say operation, but a knee procedure, so he's not ready to play right away. Um, I just I don't understand what the fuck we're doing here, and how he is going to break this kid because he will break this kid as he is. He's going to play him too soon, and he's going to play him too much, or he's just going to sit his ass on the bench and never like pretend like he's not there. Well, there's there's no way that he's not playing. He's playing this kid over Chase Gasper, (laughs) unless like Chase Gasper is. Anyways. Unfortunately, David, transfer market me. has him listed as a right midfielder, like a, a, a left-footed, you know, cutting inside, right wing or right midfielder. All, right. All of the stuff that I've seen about this, and and from uh, Y Scout and everything, like the kid plays on the left. He's he does not play through the middle, especially not on the right. He plays on the left. Maybe he's a he's a left midfielder, but everything I've seen about this kid, all the 
distribution charts and everything, it's it's from the left. It's not from the right. So I don't okay. know what transfer marks might be. Maybe they're right. Uh, maybe Y Scout is totally maybe wrong. Maybe their Panamanian uh, top league scouting is is off. Possibly. Um, yeah, I don't but know. Yeah, uh, he's Honduran. He played in the Panama top league at Independiente, and. I'm with David on this. I do not, for once, David and I agree. I do not know exactly why Minnesota United is is doing this move. The only thing I can think of that this is sort of a a loan, not necessarily with an option to buy, but basically just like to get a look at the kid. Um, so like, there's not like a um a set option to buy, but mostly just like, hey, we want to bring him in, we want to work him. He's not going to play for the rest of the year with you. Let's get him in. Let's get him. Um, you know, blooded with the team and see how he sticks. And if he sticks, we'll, we'll, we'll make an offer on a loan or something that has, to, that, that is the only thing I can think of that makes any logical sense whatsoever. Also continuing the tradition of Minnesota getting new players that formerly had, or currently have knee issues. We're, we're continuing that great Minnesota United tradition. And, you know, uh, why not? That's one tradition I I love that we, we could do without, honestly, but I, I wish the kid the best. I hope, I hope we play him. I hope he's amazing. And I hope it works. And out. He's not good with young, you know, he's an old fart. And frankly, I don't think he knows how to handle young players. He either plays the shit out of them or he just sits them on the bench. And I expect the same because Inchi don't care. I, I, he doesn't even play the shit out of young players. He doesn't play them. I think that's the only thing. Like he, he plays the shit out of his old players who can't handle all the, the playing time. Um, all right. So if I said over under on 180 minutes for this kid before the end of the year, that's basically two games, two full 90 minute games over under 180 minutes. Um, what would you pick? Under. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So that's how he's going to break this one. Um, but again, I really, I really hope that this is more of a, uh, Hey, we want to take a look at him because we really want it. We, we think he could bring him in, and and he had the he knee surgery. No, and... he might break Gasper, and he needs someone to throw in the middle of a game. I I don't think it's even that. I think it's honestly it's that he that Independiente maybe that that, that what I'm, here's here's what I'm here's like my galaxy brain thing about this is that this is a player that they've that they've noticed that they're interested in who is having had this procedure. He's probably not going to play for a while for uh, Independiente. Um, so they're saying, Hey, let him like l- basically loan him to us for the rest of the year. We want to take a look at him. We'll probably, we won't play him or we'll only play him a little bit. We, we want to see him in practice on the training pitch with a- everybody else. And if so, then we'll make an offer for him. This is like, would actually makes a lot of sense if that's, if he has no, they're not going to play him um, in the Panamanian League. Um, anyways, so. All right. A uh, couple other things, and then we'll jump into uh, uh, some other Minnesota United news. Coleman and Reynoso uh, were named to the Team of the Week bench for MLS. Um, both well-deserved. Uh, Brian, Brent Coleman. Uh, I said Brian Coleman. Brent Coleman played. Uh, in spite of himself uh, and his uh, racist past, a really, really good game, honestly. And scoring that goal certainly helps. And uh, Emmanuel Reynoso um, obviously is should always be on the team of the week. So, Jess. Okay. During the match, I was very confused because I swear 
the announcer said number 13, not number 14. Like, you know how we all do, he goes, Brent, and we all go, Coleman, Brent, Coleman, you know, we do it three times. I, I was so confused. I was like, who? Who? <laughs> 13 is Finley's number. No, so, yeah. right? That's not so, Coleman. I guess is they, they, the uh, PA announcer just messed up the numbers, probably. They need me. Wouldn't you like to hear my voice on the big announcement? I'd be like, Ka-ka! who doesn't want to hear more of your voice, Jessica? That's that's <laughs> what the listeners of this podcast continue to write in about. No, you 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 laugh, but you know how many times that Blackheart I hit the bar is like. Would you and David just shut up and let Jessica talk more? I was like, yeah. uh, you've never heard that. That's so yes, a lie. Yes. I, I have never heard that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't talk to the listeners like I do, David. I don't. I am. I am aloof there. I am. I sit on my on my throne of lies. <laughs> and uh, how drunk you are, David. I let the I let the plebes come to me um, and all that. So <laughs> you are quite aloof. The All more right. intoxicated you are. And then the final bit of uh, semi-related United news, uh, Christian Ramirez, he can't stop scoring FIPA goals. Uh, he scored two in Iceland versus Breitablik in the Europa Conference League. They played their second leg today, um, I think, uh, and uh, Aberdeen won two to one. So they won that ag- uh, five three in aggregate. So they're into the Europa Conference League. Christian Ramirez can't stop. He's got what you think he's got five goals. Or four goals in like six games already uh, with Aberdeen. It's pretty great. It's awesome. Boy, uh, very, very happy for him. His wife and, and his two daughters both they, they all finally arrived in Scotland. So uh, you know if you Did follow you him on Instagram, that? he's such a great Instagram follow and loves his daughters and loves his wife. And it's just it's it's a really cool. It's it's really great for him that he's just he's you know this experience is working out for him so well. And Did hopefully the oldest one. I'm going to Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I mean, if the dude keeps scoring goals, like he could potentially work himself into a you know potential U.S. men's national team call up. Um, Guess what Lord, I found today? Lord knows we need more strikers in the uh, in the U.S. men's national team pool. Uh, what, Jess, what did you find? I found so I was I picked up some extra boxes from my parents place because they're having a remodel and I didn't whatever. So I just got all these boxes and like I'm looking through them and I found a poster from the 2015 season that has signed by like, you know, Miguel, it's a picture of Manny and then Miguel and Pablo and um, Ramirez is on there. And I have Ramirez's autograph and I didn't even know it. That's awesome. We're happy about it. Yeah. I have a, I have a a t-shirt that's got both Miguel Abar and Christian Ramirez uh, on its sign. I need to get it framed actually. So very cool. The poster's really beat up though. Like it's got some dents and shit, but I'm still gonna have it framed. I don't. Yeah, get whatever. Shit. It's you're not you're not selling that to anybody. You, that's you're keeping that for yourself. Unless so. I get a really good offer. Yeah. So if you want to buy Jess's beat up poster, uh, TDIKMN on Twitter. I'll help facilitate the uh, the sale for that one. So we, we won't I even ask you to be a Patreon member. No, exactly. You can just do it if you want. Um. All right, let's jump into the sort of maybe the biggest news of the week with uh, regards to Minnesota United. Um, Better Know Loon CEO edition. So uh, we mentioned uh, that Chris Wright was stepping down at the end of the year, 
about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago. Um, and they announced that they were far along into the process of hiring somebody. Uh, we were, we threw a little shade at that because that seems weird. Um, turns out, uh, if you listen to the 551 podcast that West did with uh, Dr. Bill McGuire, um, you know, Chris kind of told them at the end of the la- last year that this is going to be his final year. So they started that pro- they, They've been working on this process for a long time. Not, not basically once Chris Wright said something, um, you know, said it publicly. Uh, he clearly indicated to the owners of the team that he wanted to step away after the end of this year. Uh, they brought in uh, Sherry Ballard, who is a former Best Buy executive. Uh, she retired. Um, so it's a woman, which is great. It's a white woman. woman. It's a local white woman. Um, she retired as president of multi-channel retail for Best Buy, uh, which included a, a bunch of stuff, e-commerce, um, working with Best Buy Mexico, real estate strategy, which I'm sure Dr. Bill loved. Uh, there's several people uh, that I know who worked for Best Buy um, in sort of like a corporate level. And everybody I've, I've, I've talked to or seen posts on Twitter um, said that this woman was very well respected. Uh, they were sad to see her leave and retire from Best Buy when she did. Um, I didn't see anybody have a, a sort of a bad word uh, for for her, for the work that she did uh, at Best Buy, which is seems like a, a, a good sign. Um, she's also on the board of directors at Ecolab, which is a St. Paul uh, locally based uh, corporation, PetSmart and Alina Health. She's on the board of trustees for the University of Minnesota Foundation. Uh, and MJ threw this in the notes, uh, Minneapolis Institute of Art trustees. So she's obviously very invested in the in the local community and and not just in sports stuff but like she has a very wide range way around um you know ecolab pet smart alina health university of minnesota mia are or mia it's not mia it's mia um are it's a very diverse uh set of skills i'm excited about this yeah colin o'donnell went into a deep dive on her on twitter and one of the things that he pointed out is that currently Minnesota United has a 10% of staff that is people of color and none of them are in supervising or management roles. Typical. Best Buy recently had a commitment to hiring one out of three uh, new hires that are people of color and so Colin O'Donnell says, even though we don't know if Ballard was tied to this new initiative, you know, he's hopeful that she will bring something like that to Minnesota United. Uh, th- this is a lot of conjecture, but as your uh, local Asian correspondent, I hope so. Yeah, it- it is. It is. And I'll just say she's the first female identifying CEO of an MLS team. There are several other handful of other women who are executive in executive roles at MLS, but um, it's, this is a big deal. Um, you know, being a oh, yeah, it is. CEO. So. That glass ceiling, <laughs> bitches. Not like she hadn't already with Best Buy and shit. Mm-hmm. But like, it's about time, like Minnesota, live by your values. Show us the money. And yeah, uh, to, uh, I think it's uh, I think he's at seasonal attachment on Twitter. If you want to check out his it's like a 14 tweet thread. It's really good. It really highlights the fact that there's a lot of work like that. And I, I sort of I read and I retweeted from my account at Texas Zeller um, with my thoughts. It's basically like 
this is great. This is a good signing. Um, we need to, you know, take this at face value. We also need to keep continue to hold the team accountable, especially for their diversity and inclusion um, things that they keep talking about that I, they keep saying that they do all this stuff and I don't see it. Um, exactly. I, don't, I don't see it in the community that I actually live in because I live in the community that they're talking about. Um, so it's, we, we should not, you know, we shouldn't just like chastise them all the time. This is, this is a great first step. Uh, we also, as supporters, need to keep holding the team accountable uh, to the goals that they keep saying that they have. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Um, I'm very excited about it. And hopefully, you know, this is, a, uh, you know, just a, a, a first domino and, and a lot of other dominoes of like building out the diversity, engaging the community here in like the Hamill Midway area as well. So, frankly, I don't understand why the other clubs aren't chomping at the bit to like, like, why were we the first? Like, it's been a while that the MLS has been around and, and we were an expansion. Like, so you there's would think people would want this claim to fame, but yeah, there's so every every club in MLS is slightly different in how they structure things. Um, so the CEO is technically basically reports to the owners, so mm -hmm. she technically oversees every department. But even in, when Dr. McGuire was talking with Wes on, on the 55 One podcast last week, it's 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 much more of a diffusive um structure in terms of like. Well, technically the CEO in the Chris Wright in the CEO position and, and Sherry Ballard in this uh, CEO position oversees everything. The sporting, the sporting department is completely separate and like, they pretty much like have their own fiefdom over there. Um, and so every, in, every MLS team has, has a slightly different structure in terms of like what they call like There's, I think there's a couple of women who are presidents, um, you know, and some are just mostly focused on business stuff. Uh, I know, um, when Sacramento put in their bid for the uh, for an MLS um, franchise, they had they'd hired Jill Ellis as like the president sporting director. So there has been women in, in different types of leadership roles. So just every every team has a different structure, which you know is weird. But I think you know still a uh, female identifying CEO is is a pretty cool first for Minnesota, and I'm glad that you know I'm glad we did it. All right. Hells yeah, I hope what? she kicks fucking ass. Yeah, me too. I, I'm wishing it's her nothing. Yeah, wishing her nothing but the best. And she's got it. There's a, there's a steep learning curve with soccer and with soccer fans. Um, but I, I really want everybody to give her the benefit of the doubt and to um, you know, allow her allow her allow her to 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 bring in what she needs to bring in and, and do it. Um, but still holding the team and, and her accountable for for that stuff. So, uh, speaking of other badass women, um. The Minnesota go for minute MJ. We hired a new coach, uh, not too long ago. Um, we haven't really talked about the Minnesota go for women's soccer team in a while here on the podcast, but their, their season's kicking off very, very soon. Actually it already kicked off in terms of preseason, um, yesterday. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, Aaron Chastain, the, uh, uh, new coach of the Minnesota golden go for women's soccer team. She comes I guess, in with over I guess Minnesota golden go for soccer team. Cause there is no men's team. So, yeah. She comes in with over 20 years of experience, 14 of them as head coach of DePaul, very successful at DePaul, was assistant coach at both Santa Clara and nearby Northwestern. So she knows something about Big Ten as well. Uh, grew up in Plymouth. She, she, and she played, she played at the University of Minnesota. Yes, I was just or, kidding that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, grew up in Plymouth, Minnesota, attended the University of Minnesota, 
earned her bachelor's in international business from the Carleton School of Management. So she's got Minnesota ties, which in Minnesota we love. We do. Go for alumni, which we love. Um, Her husband is Chad Chastain, who no one has heard of on this podcast, but Chad has a sister named Brandy Chastain. And anybody that was watching the World Cup, Women's World Cup in 1999 knows who Randy Chastain is. So, I'm, uh, Jess, I'm, I'm sure you're shaking your head. This is this is not a this is not a visual medium. This is, this is an audio medium. Um, have you ever seen a picture of a, uh, a women's soccer player with her sports bra on on her knees? Like, yeah, and she's that's, like, this. that's Brandy Chastain. That's ah. that's the sister-in-law of Aaron Chastain. So. Uh, speaking of badass women leadership, with the recent hire of assistant coach Allie Wiesner and current assistant Maya Hayes, director of operations Sarah Johnson, and goalkeeper coach Kara Hobbs, University of Minnesota becomes one of two Big Ten and one of three in the Power Five conferences of all female-led uh, women's soccer programs. So oh, staff. that's super awesome. Pussy power. Their, their full schedule is announced. They just played a preseason at NDSU in Fargo. It was hard to tell from equal time soccer, but they scored at least five. And so the Gophers win five, nothing, not really a fair comparison. And as equal to time soccer pointed out, preseason is rarely about the result. It's more about building chemistry and giving your unknowns and new players chances on the yeah. field. I mean, NDSU next preseason game. What they? I say NDSU is a, is a Division One program, so it's it's still yes. yeah, it's not it's not Big Ten competition, but it's still a, a Division One program. It's not they're going down and beating up on uh, you know the Bethel team or something. So right. <laughs> Speaking of of the Mayak, their next. Uh, their next preseason is against St. Thomas. Not in the Mayak anymore, buddy. Not in the Mayak anymore. They're in the Pioneer uh, League. The, the, the St. Thomas uh, University in St. Paul going big time. So this will be a good test for, for both squads, you know, for both St. Thomas. And uh, sadly, well, happily, the game is free at Elizabeth Lau Robbie Stadium in St. Paul. Sadly, it is at 6 p.m. on a night that there's a 5 p.m. game at Allianz. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been to Elizabeth Lyle Robbie stadium, it is, it's actually, a, it's a really nice stadium. The grass is, is really well maintained and, and, and all that. Um, if you don't have tickets to the Minnesota United game on Saturday, I would highly encourage you to go check it out. And then um, also any gopher game uh, at Elizabeth at DLR uh, they're, they're super cheap to go. They're really fun. You can bring your kids. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. And um the, the Gophers women's team has figured out that people actually will buy Gopher soccer gear. So they've started to like actually produce Gopher soccer gear for sale and, and their kits this year are fucking fire. So we're hoping that they will actually make some kits available for people to buy. So their home opener is next Thursday, August 19th, 6 PM at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie stadium. They open of course in non-conference versus Baylor. And if weekdays are hard for you to get to, St. Paul, uh, then Sunday, August 22nd, 
at 1 p.m. They will play University of Illinois Chicago, also at Elizabeth Lyrabi Stadium. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. I will say, so the, the stadium is, is not too far from, it's like kind of across the street from the new, from the, well, the rebuilt Bell Museum. Um, so if you have kids, like take them to the Bell Museum in the like late afternoon and then uh, go to the soccer match in the, in the evening. Uh, it's a, it's a good time. So why do you have to be so fucking biased towards people with kids? Can't we just say like, whether you have kids or don't have kids, go to the fucking Bell Museum. Oh, no, exactly. I mean, everybody's going to Bell Museum. But it's, I would also say, like, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to, like, get your kids out of the house, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Lord knows I need to get my kids out of the house as much as possible. So, uh, wait, wait, I mean, wait. What time does the game start on Saturday? 6 p.m. This Saturday? Yes. Yes. The 14th. Not 7. Right. If they made no. it 7, then I would double dip. The Minnesota, late- the Minnesota United game is at 5 p.m. The Gopher game is at 6. Because Fox Fox wanted an early game. Yeah. So that they could write. Fox also has, I assume, a late game that night. Uh, I think this is, I think it's the only game that Fox has. I, it's weird. I don't, I don't understand it. We no. should have asked. Let's we should have work with us. Here. Yeah, we should have asked Alexi about it. Let's get, let's, let me dial him up and see if I can get him back on the podcast. Real quick, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, last things uh, we want to talk about um, World Cup qualifying for the men and then uh, Olympics. Let's start with the Olympics. Uh, Olympics wrapped up uh, last week um, with the men and women. Um, when we last podcasted or before the last podcast, um, the women's semifinals had happened. Men's semifinals happened. And uh, MJ, tell us what happened um, between Mexico and Brazil and Japan and uh, España. Mexico lost to Brazil. Uh, one to four and in penalty, uh, in penalty kicks by the way in, sorry one to four in penalty kicks it was a and, zero zero draw loss in penalty kicks yeah and nippon or japan uh played espana and they lost zero to one and that was in regulation right that wasn't extra yeah, time that was a regulation yes which meant brazil and spain in the gold mat gold gold uh, medal match and then mexico and japan in the bronze medal match can I just say, as a Korean American, knowing who to cheer for or against in Mexico versus Japan is very difficult. I suppose, yeah. Who yeah. Did, who did you cheer for? I didn't cheer for either either team. I didn't even watch the game. I was um, <laughs> you, behind you on bicycles as usual and just cheer- needed to get sleep or work. So you cheered for the meteor? No, I don't hate either team. I don't hate either team. Like uh, I would hate, let's say, the Chicago White Sox or Sporting Kansas City. You know, like they, they neither team really gets that vitriol from from me. So fair enough. But uh, all right, so so, so gold medal, gold medal game. Brazil beat Spain two to one. Uh, so Brazil took gold. Spain took silver. And Mexico beat Japan three to one. So Mexico took the bronze medal. And Japan uh, sadly went home without a medal. I mean, they stayed home without a medal because they didn't have to leave. Um, um all right and the women's side of the brackets uh gold medal game canada and sweden played to a 1-1 draw canada won 3-2 on penalties uh stephanie lebay lebay i was gonna say the the goalkeeper uh from canada just stood on her fucking head and it was amazing so they won 3-2 they won gold their first gold ever in women's soccer, they've taken bronze the last two Olympics. Uh, Sweden finishes with a silver. And in the bronze medal match, in a um, 
hey, no one's going to play defense this game. USA beats Australia four to three, uh, both a brace from both Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd. And, and what I would assume are their last international matches uh, or international tournament matches. Maybe they play some friendlies or something. But again, I would not count Megan Rapinoe or Carly Lloyd out of playing in the next uh, uh, okay. World Cup. Um, they will be nearing the 40s at that point. Um, but uh, it would, if, it, if this was the last match that both Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd played in, uh, getting braces for both of them would be pretty fucking awesome. And they were great goals, too. I don't know if you, any of you guys watched this match at all. I didn't even know they had crooked teeth. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then finally, your braces. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. Yes. Got the, we got the joke every day. I got the joke at least. Hopefully our listeners did. Uh, all right. Finally, in the men's World Cup qualifiers uh, for the, the men's World Cup, uh, U.S. qualifiers, they just announced the first six start times. So there's going to be uh, in September and October, the international breaks. They're playing three games in about seven days. Uh, the first uh, round will start in September, uh, September 2nd. Uh, they're playing at El Salvador in San, in San Salvador at nine o'clock. Uh, versus Canada in Nashville at 7 p.m. And then at Honduras in the San Pedro Sula at 9.05. And then the second international break uh, is in October, beginning of October. Um, we host Jamaica in Austin, Texas at 6.30. These are all central time, by the way. Uh, we go to Panama and play at, at Panama City at 8 p.m. And then we uh, uh, host Costa Rica in Columbus at the new uh, uh, Columbus Crew Stadium at 6 p.m. on October 13th. So, we're playing a lot of games in international windows here. Uh, I believe these are the first, the, the first two windows are three matches. I think the November window is a two match window. And then um, January, Feb- the January slash early February and then March window are also three match windows. So we're playing a lot of matches for the U S men's national team uh, in world cup qualifying very, very soon. This is the first time CONCACAF has expanded the final round to eight teams. Instead of just the uh, hexagonal, it is yeah, now the, the, oct- the octagonal. The octagonal or the octagon. I like the octagonal better, but yeah, me too. Uh, Let's call it, it the octagonal. It's going to be even more brutal and more concacafy than the hexagonal. We right. we have more games to play, more home homes and away, more away games on shitty pitches, um, with torn up fields or sand and who knows what. So, looking forward yep. to it. Yep. All right. That will do it for this very quick uh, United news and, and all the things we missed with the post Alexi Lawless podcast. Uh, rate and review our podcast wherever you get it. Patreon.com slash Dave's I know at TDIKMN on Twitter if you have any uh, questions, um, especially if you, what were you selling, Jess? Mm-hmm. You, were selling, you were selling something or I was trying to facilitate it. Not really. Not for real. Okay. Looking, unless you want to give me like a million dollars. For right. my poster. For you, you can, yeah, you're, oh, yeah, that's right, the poster. Yeah. Uh, at Jessica 1440 if you just want to, like, nine or two. Do you want to facilitate that conversation yourself? MJ is also always at MJ Matsui on Twitter. We've been the Dave Pino. Get out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. We did. Thing, Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Yeah, we, 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 we.
do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Son, son, son. Check it out, guys. GT. He don't do nothing.